Good morning, good morning. How are you today? Are you out there? Are you listening? Everybody's chatting, loving on each other. I love it. Hey, let's love on God today, amen? He's worthy and he wants to love on you. Hallelujah. Let's praise him. too short to waste. I don't want to live it out halfway and compromise what Jesus did for me. My debt's been paid in full and I won't hide just how I feel. I'll be a shining light for all to see. When life is pulling me from what I know I should be, I stand strong and lift my voice and say, sold out for my Savior, sold out on His Word, yeah. I give it all, cause you give everything. Lord, I'm not withholding anything. I spend my life for you. Short two ways. I don't want to live it out halfway and compromise what Jesus did for me. My debt's been paid in full, and I won't hide just how I feel. I'll be a shining light for all to see. When life is pulling me from what I know I should be. Stand strong and lift my voice and say, So now for my Savior, so that I'm His word, yeah. I give it all, cause you gave everything. Lord, I'm not withholding anything. I spend my life for you.
to you. I belong to you forever. I belong to you. I belong to you forever. I belong to you. I belong to you forever. I belong to you. Sing it out to him. I belong to you forever. comforting words I belong to you God forever nothing can tear me apart from his hands nothing can tear me apart from his love I am his you are his you are his you are his son you are his daughter what I was seeing is that when I go to my my son's football games I always have a button a button of their picture. Cade, it says Cade number 14 and the other Cole number 5. And it tells people, they belong to me. That's my son. That's who I'm cheering for. And I saw God with just buttons and pictures of his sons and daughters all over me. He's saying, those are my kids. That's who I'm cheering for. That's who I'm cheering for. God is up there cheering for you. He's saying, you can do it. You can do it. You are mine. I'm cheering for you. Hallelujah. That is so comforting to know that God is up there. Jesus is up there. They are cheering for us. And they're saying, those are my kids. Those are my kids. Let's just sing this, this chorus one more time. I belong to you. I belong to you forever. I belong to you. I belong to you forever. I belong. 
to you. I belong to you forever. I belong to you. I belong to you forever. I belong to you. Yes, God, we do.
Spirit showed me a picture and I saw this long winding rope and we as believers thought we walked the road alone there has been threats and dangers there has been fears there's been chug holes of every description and depth and it seemed like if it could go wrong most time it did And I just feel like the Lord is sending a word of encouragement today. Because he says, you've doubted my love. You've doubted that I've empowered you and sent you out. And you wait for that destination. You wait for that depot to arrive. When every minute of every day, I am gracing you to be me. As you speak a word of encouragement, you've spoke my words. As you give a hug of love, you've given my hug of love. And I slip into you by my spirit. It's like a hand in a glove. And those moments when you think you're doing the least... Because you think you ought to be doing something in headlights. 
even now I sing, those moments of service and sacrifice are the very greatest moments of me in you, in the world. And I'm saying today, this is a day of changing your thinking. Because I have empowered and graced you every moment to be me. Does my word not say, greater is he that's in me, in you, than he that's out there? And if I'm for you, who can be against you? So I say today, be strong and be courageous. And there's no limit to what you and I will do together. Because love conquers all. And even now today, I'm knocking at your door. And Lynn, I'm saying, life's not over. Your calling is just now getting here. Your time of ministering is just now reaching the cream stage because the cream rises to the top. And out of brokenness, you will do your greatest ministry because you know the price of love and you've not lost it. And so even today, I'm saying don't look at your failures and your mistakes. Don't look and what you view to be less than good. Because out of that place, out of that place of insufficiency, I will make all grace abound to you. And so even today, I am saying, you are on the right path. Do I not order the steps of the righteous? Even now I have placed you on the road where you're at, and you and I together will accomplish so much. So even now I'm saying deliverance comes forth. By way of my grace, by the power of my Holy Spirit, I'm saying deliverance because deliverance is thoughts that align with me. When your thinking aligns with me, deliverance automatically takes place. And so I'm saying today, I've called you, I've graced you, I've empowered you. You are who I've chosen to work through. Not the church next door or, or the beer joint down the road. I'm saying I've chosen you. You're my believers. I'm saying today I speak to this house. This house. This state. This nation. My body throughout the earth. Even now I'm saying today. Today is a day of deliverance and coming to a higher place. Just know you're mine. You're mine. You're mine. going to go ahead and give this word because uh, this is what God gave me in the beginning. And so I think it just follows her. And the Lord said, today is a day of breakthrough. Some of you have been so contained. You've been contained in your thinking. You've been contained in your actions. You've been contained in your home. You've just been contained. Every time you try, every time you try to step out, you're just contained. There's a wall there. There's a wall there. I'm breaking down the wall. And I tell you today, breakthrough has come into this house. There's not going to be any more of this waiting for the breakthrough. I declare I'm here. I am the God of the breakthrough. And as you go along this road that you're on, 
I want you to look with the eye of faith and I want you to see what I've got for you. I want you to quit looking at what the devil's trying to do. I want you to look down that road that you're on and I want you to see blessings upon blessings upon blessings upon blessings coming to you, overtaking you, overtaking you. Do you understand that's what I am? I'm your blessing. I am your blessing and that's what I'm going to do. And, and I just declare right now a blessing on this house. I declare this, this, this is a place where, where I reign, where I rule, where I move. And I declare to you, in the days ahead, you shall see me. You shall see me move in power. Some of you have waited and waited and waited to see my power. And I declare to you, don't give up. I am going to move in my power in this house because you have believed me. So breakthrough is now. Breakthrough is today. I want you to reach up and pull it down for you because I declare to you it is yours. Come on, let's celebrate the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I got one thing to add on to that. Is that this, God's was, you know, as they begin to prophesy, as they begin to bring forth the word of God in a prophetic voice, God said you are empowered to passionately pursue Him. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're empowered. Come on, tell them, say, you're empowered. You're empowered. Because here's what I did. I would passionately pursue something else and then not know that I was empowered to passionately pursue Him. And we, can, we are now empowered to passionately pursue Him. Let's give the Lord some praise in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Just lift your hands to the Lord this morning. Father, I thank you that the Word of God comes forth today. I thank you for this, this house that's blessing. I thank you that this house that there's breakthrough. I thank you that, that this house is being released, your empowerment to passionately pursue and to go after you with all of our heart in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Listen, get out of your seats, meet and greet somebody this morning. We're glad you're here this morning. Get a few minutes and just meet and greet one another this morning.
the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, if you go ahead and find your seats, we'll continue on with what God has. Praise God. It's already been awesome in his presence. Amen. God is good all the time. It's so good to have you all here. If you're a, a visitor, we just say welcome to Living Word Fellowship. We our, our desire is for you to feel God's presence and to encounter his love today. Amen? Well, uh, those of you, how many of you, uh, n- well, I know a lot of you do, but Riverside is coming up. We have uh, our Christmas distribution that we have at Riverside Indian School in Anadarko. And we have a whole dorm. For those of you that are new here, we have a whole dorm that we sponsor. There is... Um, I think there's just over 500 kids this year. And churches around Oklahoma and the nation help sponsor and give the girls and boys one gift. So this may it is possibly the only gift <laughs> that they receive. So give yourselves a hand for those of you that have, have sewn into Riverside. and have. We have one girl. We have one girl. We've got four more, and three of them have already gone. So if you would like to sponsor one of the girls, anybody... We have one girl. Okay, right there. Donna Bench, can you give? Can you go back there at that table, Donna, and take up that piece of paper and sign your name on the clipboard of who, what your girl's name is that you have? December 1st. December 1st, have all your gifts here. Have them wrapped. Um, make sure the girl's name is on the gift and their dorm and, you know, pretty good size label on there. That makes it easier for everyone to look at it and see that it goes to the right table to get us the right girl or boy. Our our girl, our girl, dorm is girls, so that's why I keep saying girls. So praise God. Thank you guys so much. Um, Wednesday night, if you weren't a part of Wednesday night, we had an amazing time. We had prophetic teams, prophetic ministry, and it was incredible. We just give the prophetic teams just a big thank you for ministering. Um, Pastor Jerry, come up here. My daddy. He turned 79 on Friday, and we celebrated. And here is a special blessing for you. We love you, and we appreciate you. 79. That's, I want to, I want to be doing and going and everything that my dad does at 79. He's going on the ski trip. (laughs) He's ready. He was already planning it, so praise the Lord for health and, and youth being restored and renewed. Amen. Well, stand to your feet. Let's get ready to give to the Lord. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. So we're going to be happy as we bring our tithes and offerings up to the Lord and just honor him with with what he's blessed us with. How many of you are grateful for what God has blessed you with? Amen. So we're just going to honor the Lord. I'm just going to pray over our tithes and offerings this morning. Lord, I just, we are so thankful to come here as a body, as a family, as sons and daughters of yours. And Lord, we We worship you now with our giving. We give to you our tithes and our offerings, Lord. Not because you need it, because our hearts need to give it. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, 
for this opportunity, and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. like that song. How about you guys? It starts tonight. How about saying it starts today? You know, we can, we can start it now. We don't have to wait for something else. Amen. God says go, 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 and, and do, 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 and begin today. So if you're looking for a relationship with Jesus, if you're wanting to connect with God, you don't have to wait till you get things all lined up in your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, it's like, well, wait a minute. No, I'll just, I'll, 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 I'll wait till I get this part under control. No, 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 I'm going to go to God, but I just want to wait till I, you know, I got some issues over here. When I get those issues taken care of, then maybe I'll think about it. You know, here's what I want you to know. The issues may not take care of themselves until you come to Jesus. Come on, somebody. So let's give the Lord a big praise this morning. Hallelujah. Okay, I got a couple things. I like to give gifts. So two things that you need to remember. When you guys leave today, make sure that we got some fruit and some stuff just to give away That's we just want to get it in the hands. Does anybody want to be blessed today and receive some stuff? And So when you, when you leave, Jason's not going to let me forget. He's like, you make sure that they, you need to get it all. Don't leave any, don't leave any left for us to have to go put it back in the freezer. You just take it all. Ten reasons on how to achieve success. I'm going to go to this section over here. Anybody in this section want to achieve success? Oh, you guys are, you guys are hard. Give it to her right there. There you go, right there. Mario Jr. is like, okay. Wait a minute, let me, how about faith going to the next level? Anybody in this section want faith going to the next level? <laughs> this is hard. I'm going to, Michelle, I'm going to give it to Michelle over there. And the, the, this section over here is going, what about us? Well, you know, those are the last will be first. Amen. Climbing your mountain of transformation. Anybody that hasn't received, Dwayne's like, I got three already. Yes, all right, give that to Katrina back there if you will. Here you go, sis. Climbing your mountain of transformation. How many of you know transformation is a process in which you go through? I mean, it's not like, 
poof, one, one minute you're this, and the next minute you're that. Oh, come on, somebody. It's kind of like salvation. One minute I'm unsaved, the next I've come to a relationship with Jesus, but then I've got to do what? I've got to walk out my salvation, with the Bible says, with fear and trembling. I don't all of a sudden get changed and transformed into the image and the likeness of God right away. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, four stages of spiritual development. <laughs> She's already put her hand up. That's pretty fast. I'm going to toss this. I don't want to hit, hit her. Four stages of spiritual development is there in the Word of God. There is four different stages, and it's nepios, um, paedion, technon, and weos. It is a process of where you go from being a babe we're coming up on Christmas where Jesus is the babe in the manger. He is the nepios, the babe. How many of you know the babe grew up? We're not talking about babe Ruth. We're talking about the babe that was in the manger. Amen? And the babe grew up, and when Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus matured in statue and favor with God and man, there was a process, I'm going to put it this way, there was a maturation process. In other words, a maturing process process in which Jesus actually matured. Fully God, fully man, but he had to go through this. Why do you think he had to go through the process of maturing? Because you have to go through a process of maturing. And he had to, he had to experience everything, everything we could ever experience. Hurt, pain, um, uh, disassociation, are you with me? Ridicule, guilt, all these different things. Jesus experienced those and he took them on his back on the stripes of Jesus. Amen? So turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. Okay, I'm going to take a deep breath. Let me just pray because I'm just like this racehorse. My heart's just beating out of my chest. Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you that you are alive and active today and that your word is alive and active today. I ask you to release your word of comfort to those that need comfort today. I ask you to release your word of healing for those that need healing today. Those that are maybe disappointed or distraught, God, just release your goodness upon their lives today. Those that may look at you as a hard taskmaster, just master just waiting to slap them down, I ask you to change how they view you today as a God that loves them and cares for them. A heavenly Father that is for them, not against them. So, Father, I release your word today, release your goodness today in the lives of your people here today and those listening to us via the Internet. We bless them. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Okay, turn to the person next to you and say, we're glad you're here. Tell them to put their seatbelt on. We're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about some things today. Um, real quickly, I'm going to, I just, um, I, I like to do a, a survey every now and then. How many of you have, have risked something in your life before? Put something at risk. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, how many of you wish you didn't risk something? <laughs> that's good. That's, that, that's good. That's good. We're going to talk a little bit about risk and faith over the next couple of weeks. Say risk and faith. A lot of times I have you repeat it. Why do you have us repeat that, Pastor? Because, you know, sometimes you're like, that is annoying. It's true, right? I mean, sometimes you're like, God, have I got to say that again? You need to say it because you've got to get it. I want you to remember it when you get out of here because somehow I forget things, honey. I do. I, like, go home and go to sleep and then wake up and I forgot what I was supposed to do. 
Has anybody ever forgotten anything in this place? Yeah, that's a survey that all of us would be putting our hands up, wouldn't we? So we've, we've had some things at risk. We've, we, we've had some things. I want to I tell you a little bit about as we talk about this real quick. There is a quote that I want to give to you right now. Write this down. Risk, excuse me, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. This is by a pastor, John Wimber, that he had, he had written that. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. How many of us, we all thought it was spelled F-A-I-T-H, didn't we? But how many of you realize in order to risk something, you have to have faith in the middle of that risk? So we're going to break down a couple things real quick. We're going to talk a little bit about risk. We're going to look at some biblical examples of the risk that was taken. Then we're going to get into the Word of God. So real quick, if you guys want to, you know, mark your, your Bibles, we're going, to go, we're going to end up in Mark chapter 2. So if you want to find that place, Mark chapter 2, that's where we're going to begin to end up. Let's take a look at risk. Everybody say risk. What are we talking about today? Risk. We're going to talk about risk and faith, but the most important thing we're going to talk about today is really risk. Risk. The definition of risk in the noun would actually be a hazard. It would mean danger or peril. It would be exposure to harm. Has everybody ever put something out and exposed it to harm? Now, the, the, the other one would be, another definition maybe would in commerce. In commerce, if you're risking something, you would be putting at, maybe at a loss of property, maybe at a loss of money, maybe at a loss of goods or something like that. You may be putting at risk something financially that you have. Has anybody ever put something financially at risk? Yeah, there's a few of us that we've definitely put some things financially at risk. Now, I like this, I like this other, other uh, one that I want to put up, if you will, Kate. It was just called to run a risk. Anybody ever ran a risk that, you know, they did something, you risked something? It means to incur a hazard. It means to encounter danger. Some of us have encountered danger. We have risked our lives. We've risked our wealth. We've risked our family. We've risked certain things in our life pride, you name it, there's some things that we can begin to put at risk. I began to look at some of the, the biblical examples that Jesus had, and how many of you know Jesus put some things at risk? When he came and he said the kingdom of heaven is, in, is at hand, he was risking who he was and the kingdom itself. Because when he was saying, look, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, in other words, it's right here, it's right here. He was saying, hey, Rome is no longer in control of this thing. Hello? He was, you know, we were all thinking, well, it was the Roman at this time in the world. The, the Romans were in control of the world, basically. And he was coming in and he was risking his identity. He was risking who he was. And, he, and as he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. How about this one? How about when Jesus, was he risking anything when he went to eat with the tax collectors and the sinners? Was he risking anything? That's his reputation. Oh, my goodness. I cannot believe he's going down there and eating with those people. <laughs> I can't believe he's eating with those people. He was risking his relationship with the Pharisees, the religious people of that day. Or was that something that he wanted to put at risk? Sure, absolutely. Because how many of you know you have to risk something for change to take place? Oh, come on, did you hear that? You have to risk something for change to take place. It's not going to take place if you don't 
risk something. And we can, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. How about this? How about in in Mark chapter 3? Jesus healed a man, (gasps) listen, on the Sabbath. He healed somebody on the Sabbath. He was risking the religious people of the day of coming against him because he healed this guy on Sunday or Saturday, actually the Sabbath. He healed him on Saturday, the Sabbath. You weren't supposed to do that. It was against the Jewish law. Are you with me? Don't heal on a Saturday, on the Sabbath. You're not supposed to do that. They considered it work, and you're not supposed to be working on that Saturday. And Jesus healed the man's hand. What do you think that risk was? Was that a risk? Was that a risk? Did he take a risk to being able to do that? He also risked his life. The other thing that we see where Jesus risked his life. There were times where he went out and they were like, he risked his life. They were looking for him. And there he was. He'd show up, Wayne, and they'd go try to find him. This is so cool in the word of God. They'd go to find Jesus. And it was like the Bible would say he'd slip away. I'm like, how'd you slip away from a million people? How'd you do that? And then all of a sudden he slipped away and there he was on the outskirts of town and they're like, well, we were looking for Jesus. Where is he? He's out there. You know, maybe he was translated more than what the Bible really tells us. You know, we were just thinking natural things, but what about the risk they took? He risked his life. He risked his life. And I began to start really meditating on the risk. And I thought about, well, if I saw Jesus risk, that's Jesus. I'm not Jesus. So what about some of the other disciples, and what about their risk? Do you want to take a look at that? Let's look at a couple of them. First one we would probably look at would be Peter. Say, Peter. Did anybody know what Peter risked? Peter risked his life. The storm was coming. The waves were hitting. The boat was, you know, and Peter was like, you know, I'm I'm going to get out. He said, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come. I mean, what was Jesus going to do? Uh, Peter, the waves, the wind, he didn't ask him anything about that. He just said, Lord... If that's you, tell me to come. Jesus was like, uh, 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 uh. Come on. How many of you know he risked his pride of stepping out of the boat? How many of you risked failure? He risked failure. He could have stepped out of the boat. In fact, he did. And then he took his eyes off of Jesus and got it on the storm and the waves and the winds. And all of a sudden, he began to sink And then Jesus came on up. Praise God. Let's give Jesus a hand. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Lord of Lord and the King of Kings. I mean, he's just like, you know, here you go, Pete. Yeah, come on. I'll bring you back up. Come on. Let's get back in the boat. But Peter took a risk. He was able to do something when all of that was over. And even now today, who knows what the conversations they are in heaven. The disciples were like, well, I was this and I was that. And some of the other ones, I'm this. And Peter's like, I walked on water. John is like, okay, fine, Pete, never mind. Let's go to another discussion. See, he took a risk. Say, take a risk. How about another one in the Bible that talks about the leper? The leper, he came to Jesus. The leper came to Jesus. And the Bible said that he came to Jesus and he bowed down before him. Well, what's the big deal? He just wanted to be healed. Let me give you a little background on understanding the risk that this leper took. In Exodus, it talks about a scripture where the lepers were wanting to be done away with and they would wrap them in sheets with lead and lead them out into the sea. 
Now, if you had a sheet that was covered to you that was heavy with lead, and they said, you walk out into the sea, and you walk out till you can't walk anymore, guess what happened to the lepers? They were done. So when you look at this and you think, well, what, what kind of risk that was? Let's, let's look at it a little bit differently. Society itself would separate lepers. Society itself would separate lepers. If you were a leper, if you had um, maybe today a skin disease, uh, white flakes, or what is it, eczema, or psoriasis. Are you with me? If you had that today, you would be quarantined. You wouldn't be allowed to come out in public. They had a place even outside of Jerusalem. Listen to this. There was a hill outside of Jerusalem, and it was called Barib. And the, the name actually implied, now how would you like to live in this place? And the place that you actually live in is called the Hill of Scraping. How about the place that you would live in was called the Hill of Dead? How about the place that you live in was called the Valley of Corpses? That's what they did. They would, they would put the lepers outside of Jerusalem, and that was the name of the place that they would live in. Well, I'm going home. What are you going to do? I'm going to go to the Valley of Corpses. How many, I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I'm not, I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to be there. But that's what lepers were. They were, they, were, they were isolated. In fact, in communities, if it was a walled community, the lepers weren't even allowed to come in. They stayed outside the walls. If it was an open community, if they came in, they would have to go, unclean, unclean! <laughs> unclean! Can you imagine today going into Walmart and going, unclean, unclean, and then the, the, the aisles divide? The only good thing about that is when you went to go check out, you'd go, unclean, and everybody, and you first in line, right? But understand this. This is what they had to deal with. And all of a sudden, we see a risk of a guy that comes in, and he comes to Jesus, and he bows down before him. How many of you know there was a risk? Do you remember, I was thinking, gosh, I can't remember, it was in the Old Testament, and there, was a, there were the lepers, and the, the Israelites were having a war, and, and they were like, hey, if we, we might as well go down there, because if we stay here, we're going to die, and if we go down there, we're going to die. And they went in, remember, and the, and the army was already wiped out, and the lepers were in there having them a blast. They were getting all the stuff. They were like, whoo, well, you know, either way, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go down there, we're going to die, so what's it matter? Let's go on in. So this leper had risk. Turn to your neighbor and say risk. He had some risk. He had some risk when he, when he came to Jesus. He had some risk. I, I can't imagine living a life that was saying unclean, unclean. What was he risking? How many of you know if a leper came in, he would be ridiculed? He'd be, be made fun of. Today we call it bullying. He'd be bullying the, the leper. But not only that, would he be embarrassed? But he could have been beaten and killed. You're not supposed to be in here. They would have got him and drug him out, killed him. But yet he made a risk and he came to Jesus. Let's take a look at a couple more. There was two blind men. Remember, they were crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that the other people told him to be quiet. They'd be going, don't say nothing. He, look, don't be 
Don't be crying out for Jesus. He ain't got nothing to do with you. You're just a, you're just a blind guy. Don't, don't be messing with the master. He's busy. Don't you know he's busy? And they were like, hey! How many of you know they took a risk? They took a risk. And it didn't matter what somebody said about him. It didn't matter how somebody said, shh, 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 shh. It didn't matter because they took a risk. Now we're going to Mark chapter 2. The woman with the issue of blood, remember the disease she had? She wasn't even supposed to be in public, but yet she went out and grabbed the hem of Jesus' garment. Now turn with me to Mark chapter 2, because I want us to read. I'm going to read through verses 1 through 12. This is Mark chapter 2. This is a risk. Let's look at the risk of these four guys. When he had come back to Capernaum, it was Jesus. Several days afterward, he had heard that he was at home. Oh, Jesus had a home. Verse 2. And many were gathered together, so there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. And he came, they came bringing in him a, a, a guy, it was palsy is what they said that the, the medical term was. And, and he was carried by four men. So here's Jesus, Jesus in his house. And he's speaking the word of God. And there's so many people that you can't get in the front door. That's a lot of people. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Now, yeah, you know, I don't know how big his home was. I don't know how many people that was. You know, we know that the homes back then and even still in Israel now today have flat roofs on them so you could go up. You know, remember Peter? He was hanging out on top of the roof, you know. He was just sleeping, taking him a like, nice little siesta there on the top of the roof. And, and the Lord spoke to him in a, in a dream and a vision. So we begin to see that Jesus is here and he's teaching. He's teaching the word. He's, he's teaching the word. He's, you know, I was one. sometimes I'm like, man, what were you saying, Lord? I'd like to to know what you were talking about. And I'm sure he was talking about the kingdom because that's what he told the disciples. You go preach the kingdom. You, you go teach about the kingdom, God's dominion, his rulership, his dominion in people's lives. He was preaching about that. And he goes on and in verse 3 says, they came to him, a, a, a man with, with palsy, and there were four men. Say four men. How many men? Everybody. How many men? It was four men. There was four men. Four men. I, I don't think they were boys. I don't think they were young men. I think they were men that men that that had no problem picking up somebody. Are you with me? That physically, verse four says, being unable to get him into the crowd, they removed the roof. <laughs> they removed the roof. How many of you all, if you were sitting in your living room and you had a small group and all these people were there, and then you know there was no cars and you know, couldn't get down the road. There's people outside looking in. I remember we were we were in Cuba and we were preaching and. And as I was preaching, I was looking, and there was people outside. They had barred windows, and I could see these arms in the windows, and people were looking in, watching us preach. And I looked through the front door, and I could see the people in the, in the street. The people were out on the street, and they were out there, and they were listening to the message. There were people sitting on their front porches looking at that. Can you imagine a time like this, and somebody's burrowing through your roof? What is going on, you know? They were, they're burrowing through the roof, so... He was unable to get to the crowd, so they removed the roof above him, and they dug an opening, and they let down the pallet on which the paralytic or the, the man with palsy was laying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, seeing their faith. We're talking today about faith and risk. Faith and risk. Hmm. Let me finish this, and I'll just preach a little bit on it. How about that? In verse 6, it said some of the scribes were... Hmm. Let's go back to verse 5. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the man with palsy, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there, and they were reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak that way? He's blaspheming. 
can anyone forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning away within themselves, he said to them, you're reasoning about these things in your heart. Which is easier to say to the, to the man with palsy that your sins are forgiven or get up and pick up your mat or pallet or bed or whatever it might be and walk so that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. He said to the man with palsy, he said, get up and pick up your pallet and go home. And verse 12 says, and he got up. Oh, come on, I could park right there and I could preach that he got up in the midst of what was taking place. He got up and immediately picked up his pallet and he went out in the sight of everyone. A couple questions I, wanna, I, wanna, I just want to propose to you. When I look at something like this, I think, how did the Pharisees get in there so soon? You ever thought about that? They were stalking Jesus. They were, they were, they were going, look at this guy. So when Jesus said, I'm going to have a meeting at my house today, guess who showed up first? The Pharisees. And then they were trying to question him. And Jesus saw him and he, he said, look, man, your faith and your sins are forgiven. And they said, man, you're not supposed to be forgiven sins. Only God alone can forgive sins. Duh. Are you with me? Jesus was like, I've been trying to tell y'all who you're seeing in the flesh right here, but you don't get it. I'm going to forgive those sins. And he, and he forgave the man's sins. So as we begin to look at this account, there's really some cool things I want us to see about the guys. You want to, you want to do that? There are some, there are some characteristics I want us to see about the guys. Now, here's, here's the deal. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? Yes? No? You want me to keep going? Yes? Yes, okay. There's some things I want you to look at and try to relate it to your situation that you may be in now. Try to relate it to your situation that you may be in now. The things that you're involved in, the difficulty maybe in your life, maybe there's some things that you're up against. So let's, let's look at these guys because the question would be, why would four guys risk cutting a hole in somebody else's house? I mean, nowadays we'd be going, you can't do that. You're going to pay for that, you know. Now, if you cut a hole in my roof, you better get back. You're going to be paying for that, Jack. My insurance won't cover that because you did that. Are you with me? We'd be all be worried about who's going to pay for it. Why would these guys risk everything that they have and say, look, we're going to get Bubba down there to Jesus. We're going to get him down there. Now, look, they had to climb up the house on the roof to do it. So let me give you a couple things. Are you ready? Number one, they were deeply, I guess that, that dark, that doesn't work out too good, does it? I'll, I'll, I'll redo that one with white. They were deeply concerned about their friend, and they wanted to see him helped. What will cause somebody to risk something that they have? What will cause them to risk that? Because they saw him, and they said, I use the word Bubba, is that okay? Bubba just been, he's just been that way. I watched Forrest Gump, so I'm thinking that Bubba's, Bubba's good, Bubba Gump, and you know, and, and why would we, look, we love him so much. And we're going to risk everything we got, boys. Let's get, nowadays, let's get the rope. Let's get the ladder. Let's bring in the truck. Let's bring in the crane, whatever it might be, 
to get onto the roof, and then we're going to cut a hole in that roof. All I know is that back then the roofs were probably not like they are today. They could remove some things and be able to get to the hole in the roof itself, you know, whether it was was straw or hay or flax or whatever it might be that they would they would use to, to remove the roof, the roof. But how many of you would say compassion? Compassion. They had compassion. How about being selfless? The boys, the four guys, weren't worried about themselves. They were worried about Bubba. We got to get Bubba. The second thing, the second thing, say number two. Hey, you, you, you changed that to white? Awesome, man. Go ahead. They had faith to believe that Jesus would meet the need. Let me say that again. They had faith to believe that Jesus would meet the need. They had faith to believe that Jesus would meet the need. What do you have faith for today? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Do we know, do we know that we know that we have faith that Jesus will meet the need? So we saw that. We saw that they had faith. That is a, that's a picture of what we're talking about today. Risk and faith. 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 They had faith that Jesus would meet the need. Not the want, but the need. Are you with me? They had risk and faith. That's a, that's a picture of that. The third thing is they didn't just simply pray about it, although that is good. But how many of you know they put some feet to their prayers? What's the need? Oh, brother, I just, um, let me just pray for you, sister. I know you need, I know you need some food today. Let me just pray for you. And Father, bless her and give her the food. Get your seatbelt on. Because that's what we do. Not all of us, not, not all the time. But a lot of times we put the Christianese on it. Let me pray for you, sister. I'll be praying for you. Right? And then, you know what You know what I find? When I tell somebody, look, I'll be praying for you, two hours later, I forget. So I encourage you guys to pray for them right then and there. Boom. It's in the middle of Walmart or wherever it is, AT&T store, wherever it might be that you had. If you're in the United Grocery Store, you know what I mean? If somebody's there, we're like, look, you know, I got this going on. Pray for them right there. Because you might say, and your intentions might be good. I'll pray for you, but then you forget. You get busy because life happens. But not only did they just say, look, Bubba, we're just not going to just pray for you. We are going to pray for you, Bubba. That's part of what we're going to do. But you know what we're going to do? Let's get Bubba up here. Let's, let's, you know what? I, all I know is I don't know what it took. And then, you know, p- p- picture this. Bubba's at his home on his couch, and these four guys can come in and go, hey, guess what? We heard about Jesus, and I'm going to tell you, Bubba, it's time. Let's go. Open the door. You're on the couch. Hey, I I can't get there. We can get you there. You grab one corner. You grab one corner. I grab one corner. You grab one corner. Let's go. And they take Bubba out. I don't know how long they had to travel, but they didn't get to put Bubba on the pickup truck. Are you with me? How far did they have to walk? Nobody ever thinks of these things. 
How far do you think they had to walk to take Bubba to Jesus' house? And then they had to go, well, let me see. We can't even get him in. Look at all these people here. There's no, I mean, a lot of us would have been going, get out the way. Move out the way. Here comes Bubba. Look out. Get out the way. Let's get the biggest guy, and he run through there and create a wake. You know what I mean? We'll come in, and we'll bring Bubba in. We'll get him. They couldn't get in. And then they said, wait a minute. We can't get in, but it doesn't matter. Let's go to the roof. I think we can go. I hear him talking now. Let me see. I think he's, oh, no, bring Bubba over here. Hey, oh, there it is. Jesus right here. Like, okay, I think. That's it. That's it. Right there. He's under there. I can hear him. I can hear him. There he is. I can hear him. And they begin to start burrowing a hole in that roof. Come on, somebody. They didn't only just pray, and prayer is good. But I mean, you know, James says faith without works is dead. It's like praying without, you know, I want to pray, but when God says do it, then just guess what? Do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, God. You know, God, I want to do this. I want to do this. And God says, well, I want you to get up at 6. Uh, I mean, six. Come on, God. I mean, my alarm goes off at 6.30. Isn't that good enough? And I'm not trying to put condemnation on you. I'm not trying to do any of that. I'm just saying be obedient to what the Spirit of God speaks to you because there is some risk that you're going to have to take. Okay? Number four, let me give you this last thing. They did not permit difficult circumstances to discourage them. I don't know if we can do that. That's impossible. I don't really feel like dragging Bubba for the next two miles down the road to Jesus' home. I mean, come on, man. I mean, maybe I'll do that tomorrow. I worked hard yesterday. My back hurts. Are you with me? They didn't make any excuses. But instead, they worked together. Say, work together. Turn to your neighbor and say, work together. See, when we work together, we can do more together than we can by ourselves. Oh, come on, somebody. When we work together, we can move Bubba the two miles down the road to Jesus' house. So they began to work together, and they dared to do something different. They dared to say, hey, I'm tired of seeing Bubba in the situation that he's in. Let's get him to Jesus. Let's get him to the Lord. Some people are like, will you go to church? No, don't want to go. I don't have a way. Well, maybe you should bring them. Don't stop inviting them after you've invited them. Did you know it takes five times for somebody to invite somebody? You want to go to church? Nope. You want to go to church? Nope. You want to go to church? Nope. That's it. I'm done. Three. Strike three. You're out. That's baseball theology. That's baloney. Are you with me? I asked them, Pastor, three times, and three times they said no. Well, statistics say it's five. And if it's an average of five, then some might come one or two, and some might come in, in the tenth time you ask them. But I'm here is what I know, that they need Jesus. You got people that you can identify right now and go, they need Jesus. They need Jesus. They need to be in church. They need to get their tail in church. Right? Are you with me? And it's probably how we go about doing it. You know what I mean? You know, so how we, you, you know the people more than I do. There's some people I can say, Look, God loves you very much, and it'll, it'll impact them. And there's some people I'm like, get off your dusty, rusty, and get your tail going for the things of God. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to challenge me. Okay, I'm going. Don't tell me I can't go. We're closing the church doors. Nobody's allowed. We'll probably have them waiting in line to get in. Hello? I mean, don't you tell me I can't do nothing. I'm doing it anyway. Anybody know anybody with that attitude? Yeah, I know some people like that too. So they didn't permit 
They didn't allow difficult situations or circumstances to keep them from doing what they felt they were to do. Wouldn't it have been easier for them to say, oh, well, hey, man, I went by Jesus' house, man, and there was, that dude had a crowd, and we can't get Bubba in, maybe another day. Bubba, it's just not your day today. It, sometimes we see some of that in ourselves. If we want to really be honest, we see some of that in ourselves. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense to take him now today. It doesn't make any sense to take Bubba now. I mean, don't you see how busy Jesus was? There's no way we're going to be able to get in there. No, I'm here to tell you. The guys looked at it and said, I believe in the faith of God. I believe that this man, Jesus, is God. Who is who he's saying. He's healing people. The lepers are getting set free. They're getting cleansed. The eyes are being opened. Come on, somebody. The lame are walking, and they're like, we're going to get Bubba. Let's go get Bubba. And they began to get him, and they began to take him, and they got down, and no matter what, oh man, we can't get in. Well, it doesn't matter. Let's go to the roof. Let's go to the roof. Let's, anybody ever moved a sofa bed? Holy moly. We moved one of them babies three stories up. I had a buddy of mine in high school, I mean in, in, in Charlotte when I was there in college, and it was like, hey, he was like, man, you're going to help me move. I, made, I helped that dude move four or five times. The last time was a three-story place, and he had a sofa bed, and it took us about an hour to get that thing up. I'm telling you, when we went to move out, I'm like, cut that thing in pieces and throw it over. Here's what I know. We were getting that out of the apartment. We might have had to take it apart and disassemble it, and I just wasn't going to carry that thing. I was like, man, that looks good. It's only three stories down there. Just drop that baby down there. You'll be all right, you know. It, it, it'll go. They didn't allow the circumstances to say, maybe not today. In fact, just the opposite. Maybe it is today. Difficult situations and difficult circumstances we may look at them and we may think it stops us. You may have a situation. Remember, I asked you to, to kind of look at this situation and see the risk. Look at what the guys did. They took a risk. I think that, you know, I don't know what the rest of the story was. I don't know if they went back the next day and fixed the root hole in the roof. They, they might have done that. In fact, I would think they probably did. But I don't know that. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. But they took a risk, and they said, let's get Bubba to Jesus. Let's get him to where we need to be. Is there situations and circumstances in your life? Are there obstacles in your way? What's in the way today? What's in the way? What's keeping you from even moving closer to God? What's keeping you from what was even prophetically spoken this morning of receiving that blessing, receiving that breakthrough? What's keeping you from, what I said was that you were empowered to passionately pursue him. You know what these four guys did? They were pursuing Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood, guess what she did? She was pursuing Jesus. Peter and James and John, when, I mean, it, Jesus walked by and was like, what are y'all doing, man? How's your fishing? Come follow me. And Levi, the tax collector, he was like, you know what? Let's go. Where are you going? I don't know. It don't matter where I'm going. You come follow me. And he was like, well, I think I'll close this thing down. The IRS is closed. Somebody ought to go, hallelujah. <laughs> you see, y'all never related that, but that's what it would be. Modern day, he would, be, would work for the IRS. They would make, oh. What about challenges in your life? 
Well, Pastor, you don't know where I came from. You don't know my background. I don't know Bubba's background either. And I don't know the other four guys' background. But here's what I know. It's not about your background. It's about your destiny, your plan, and your purpose that God has for you. Well, I'm from Texas. God loves people from Texas. Well, I'm from North Carolina, North Carolina. Guess what? God loves people from North Carolina. Well, I was, I'm, I'm a Yankee from New York. Well, guess what? God loves New Yorkers. Are you with me? See, we're more like putting a label on things instead of saying you're a child of the Most High God. You're a son or a daughter of the Most High God. What about some difficulties? What about problems? Are we letting those problems overcome us? Because I'm here today and today that I'm going to preach no matter what's going on in my life. I'm here to tell you today that I'm going to stand up here and give you the Word of God no matter what is going on in my life. And I'm here to tell you today I'm going to come to church no matter if somebody else just got arrested last night and put in jail. And it might be a son that I love, but I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to serve God. I'm still going to preach the Word of God. I'm not going to let an obstacle or a problem get in my way. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. So what is it that's standing in your way? What is that obstacle? What is that problem? Maybe it's a a difficult task. Maybe it's a bondage or something that you're dealing with. Maybe there's there's some disagreements. Do we let disagreements stop us? Well, I don't agree with them. And we let it stop us. God says, don't let it stop you. Don't let it stop you today. How about confrontations? Well, we don't want to have a confrontation. Look, life is a series of confrontations. You have to confront somebody. Look, I did not get fries with my order. Oh, it'll be okay, honey. No, it's not okay. I paid for my fries. I want my fries. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, you know, I'd like to have them hot. You know, could I have them hot? Not just where they're hard. Like, you know, I got some of them in the back seat of my car. I can just pull up the back seat and there's a bunch of fries back there. I can get them myself. And it's not, it's not about the confrontations as much as how we confront one another. If we do it in love, if we do it for the right reasons, you know, maybe those four guys went to Bubba and Bubba's like, no, let's leave me this way. I've just been this way a long time. And they said, no, Bubba, no, no, no. We're going to take you and we're going to drag you and we're going to haul you. We're going to pull you. We're going to push you, whatever it might be. And we're going to get to that man named Jesus and we're going to get to his house. And then they got to the house and Bubba's like, go take me back home. They're like, no, we're not taking you back home. We're going to climb up that roof. We're going to cut a hole in that bad boy. And we're going to open that thing up. And we lowered him down. Now, can you imagine what was going on on the inside? I can't imagine what was going on on the inside. I mean, they're tearing the roof apart. Them people on the inside, they're listening to Jesus. You know, and dust and dirt and stuff's falling, you know. And they're listening to Jesus. And, and then all of a sudden, they look up. Can you, can you guys picture that? That should be a made-for-TV movie. Somebody needs to make a movie of that stuff. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, they're lowering him down like do you think the people in there knew hey that's Bubba what are they going to do what's the Lord going to do he said hey man your sins are forgiven they're like wait a minute, wait a minute. the religious people you can't be even forgiven people's sins he said well I can because the man of God can I'm, I'm God and I'm, I'm going to forgive these sins and not only that which is easier for me to just say your sins are forgiven or, or pick up your mat and, and, and go oh by the way Bubba pick up your mat and go The Bible said he's just like, see ya. Can you imagine the parting of the sea that that day? 
People standing back and watching Bubba walk out. When I look at this situation and begin to start thinking about what risks we have, some of you might be here today and you've got a risk of that you're not even a Christian, you're not even born again. What's the risk? The risk is you've got to give your life to Him. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Look at the Bible. Believe in Jesus and follow Him. Are you perfect? No, you're not perfect because He's perfect. You're not perfect. If you think you're going to be perfect when you come to Christ, eh, wrong theology. You're forgiven. Somebody needs to give the Lord some praise for being forgiven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe you might say, well, what about me growing in Christ? Is there an obstacle to keep you from growing in Christ? Have anybody heard of a growth track? I'm going to use this word, growth track. Say it with me. Growth track. There's something coming we want to share with you about a growth track that can keep you growing in Christ. Keep you growing in Christ. What's, in the, what's the obstacle? Well, I don't have time. Well, make time. 